we're recording. Oh, all right. You're hopping around and you're doing things, I guess, getting adjusted, getting ready for the podcast, as one does, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, today's podcast is uh, called The Others. I'm Will, and uh, this is David. How I'm you doing David. Today, David? Uh, are you? Are you? Mm-hmm. Okay. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Okay. Uh, I just want to dedicate this podcast, because it's realistically, other by others, we mean spiritual successors, spinoffs, reboots, prequels, sequels. So basically, we're going to talk about everything. God damn. But just focusing on spiritual successors, I just want to dedicate this episode to my son Sawyer who is my spiritual successor why would he be your spiritual successor wouldn't he just be your successor no spiritual successor because it fits with the podcast oh oh oh, oh my bad my bad sorry <laughs> themes and everything okay yes anyways <laughs> uh so on my little notes list here um i thought maybe we should think about what kind of rules we should have for spoilers there are no rules if you haven't seen no this rules. shit, then <laughs> that's it. Okay, here's what we'll do. We want to do a five-year rule, two-year rule, one-year rule? No. I'll just tell you if we're going to spoil it or not. Okay. And I don't really think there should be too many spoilers in this episode, necessarily. Because we're it. not going like deep into the the actual lore of the spiritual successors. We're actually just going into what they are. Okay. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if we do, then we can always preface it with that and maybe give uh, and maybe try to time it right so they can skip past it. I, I've got, I have a spoiler for uh, some games that are going to come out pretty soon. This has to do with sequels. Uh, apparently, I read on a forum that uh, The Last of Us 2 and Red Dead Redemption 2 are already going to be game of the year without anyone even playing it. Really? <laughs> And how do you how do you know this? No, I I, I have no clue. This is this is what I read on a forum, and I always think it's funny that before these games even come out, people are already, you know, hailing them for. They do the same thing with movies and TV shows, like oh, yeah. there's so much Oscar buzz or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, yeah. really, really, dude? You don't even like it's good. And some of the times when you hear Oscar buzz or whatever, you you're like, okay, it looks good, but how do you how do you even know there's buzz about it if that just came out but you know what i mean i guess it's just if you know how oscars well, work, you for, have to advertise specifically yeah. to people to get votes and what well this one's just people talking but uh it's just in- it's interesting because you know for video games it's just it's just like they just have this extreme level of faith in these developers i guess i mean the last of us one's great but i mean i technically doesn't mean that the second one has to be amazing yeah, but there's people who have played them ahead of time. And you know how when you see like the box art of a game and right. the whole front of it is littered with 9.4s or whatever. <laughs> and every everything is like synonyms for outstanding. Yeah, but 9.4 out of what? 10. Oh, okay. Obviously. That's pretty good or 94 out of 100 or something like that. And then they... That doesn't seem as good. Somehow it doesn't, right? <laughs> um, Actually, it really doesn't. That is really weird. <laughs> I was joking at first, but it really doesn't. Somehow it doesn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, how they like they like put all of that on the front of the cover, which means that all of these people have played it before it came out. Yeah. And I can kind of see how that would lead to that, but I don't think yeah, but too no many people played have gotten any, there. Either of those, the Last um, of Us Two or Red I think Dead Red Dead has already been played. 
okay. Um, but not by it hasn't like been released to people to be played. Mm-hmm. But I think it's probably been played by either testers or people who got the uh, or ha- who were able to go into the studio and play. I mean, it I'm sure it. Red Dead Redemption will, Two will be really good since mm-hmm. people are working hundred hour work weeks to make it. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. It does. I'm done. Um, so. I kind of wanted to start off with a couple examples okay. of spiritual successors. Okay. Um, it was kind of cool because I opened up Wikipedia and I didn't realize even some you of these. You can't use that as an accredited source, though. Hey, it is accredited. <laughs> Either way, if I was wrong, somebody can fix my or can tell me I was wrong later. Anyways, um, so I went into spiritual successors on Wikipedia and the first couple things that they introduced were things that I didn't even really. I kind of knew they were spiritual successors, but I didn't know why they were considered spiritual successors and why they just weren't considered sequels. Um, so come to find out, the first thing that pops up on the list is Dark Souls is technically a spiritual successor to Demon Souls. Yes. Because Sony owns Demon Souls and wouldn't allow them to make a sequel to Demon Souls that would be on multiple platforms because they wanted it to be um, platform exclusive. So it would be just PlayStation, right? And so Demon's Souls came out on PS3, and then they, from software, wanted to make a sequel that could be on multiple consoles like Xbox and whatnot. And Sony said no, so they made Dark Souls, which was in the same vein as Demon's Souls, which is effectively what a spiritual successor is. I'll tell you what, this is the first time I'm actually learning about Dark Souls being on Xbox. I had no clue. Yeah, because PlayStation seems like the only con- the console that matters, you know? Anyways. <laughs> um, uh, that doesn't sound biased at all. Not at all. Poor Nintendo. <laughs> Poor... Uh, you know what? Sorry, sorry. PlayStation and Nintendo. Xbox and... S- Anyways. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what other consoles are. Uh, poor Steam Box. I think they killed themselves, though. Oh, did they? Yeah. Hmm. They were just like, oh, okay, nobody's going to buy this. Um, then the next one that I had was... Uh, well, now I want it. No, right. <laughs> um, is Goldeneye, or sorry, Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark, yeah. Is considered a spiritual successor to Goldeneye because they wanted to make a sequel to Goldeneye, but they lost the bidding war, or they lost the license, and then they lost the bidding war against EA, which, of course, eventually messed up the Goldeneye series. And... So they made Perfect Dark, which was effectively like a direct clone of Goldeneye. Which I always think about this. Like, it, you can tell it's the same game with the new skin. So, but, I've never played Dark Souls. I've never played Perfect Dark. Yeah. So I, I honestly, for me, I I've played been, all of these games, but I've and, actually played was Demon Souls and I played Goldeneye. So. I really wow. can't. Yeah, Dark Souls it. is effective. Is just the same exact thing as Demon Souls, but somehow, again, I, I don't know how they get away with this. I'm sure if you ask my son, though, he would be like, "No, they're very different." I bet you they're exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and then one of the other bigger spiritual successes, which I think a lot of people actually already know, is um, is Bioshock, um, which is a spiritual successor to System Shock. Yep. Um, and I believe yes. Well, that one's in reverse because I've. I didn't even know about System Shock. Neither did I. Yeah, until Bioshock came out. So, yeah. but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know about System Shock, and then found you know, out. Well, the same person developed this game, and they wanted to make a game like this, but then they couldn't get the license to do it properly or whatever, and so they were like, "Okay, new game," and then ended up being a more narrative-based freeform game. Or so you know, they're, 
they're remaking uh, System Shock. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. Okay. Yeah, but it's on like indefinite hiatus right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I think because they came out with like a bunch of screenshots, they came out with a bunch of stuff like like they were making good progress, but I think they hit a roadblock, and then the com- the, the studio I think is working on a- another game or something like that at the time, mm-hmm. or still currently working on another game, and so they were what I think they're reallocating. I don't really remember. Um, I want to say it's one of the bigger studios, not not Gearbox. I I saw. Uh, I saw some, like a trailer. Some, I was gonna say somebody bigger bought that yeah. the rights, I believe, or it could have been a small company. I don't really know. Again, eventually we're gonna put together an email, and we'll include that at the end of the the podcast, so people can email us and tell us how we're wrong. So when um, I uh, <laughs> when I actually uh, heard about them remaking System Shock, I was like, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I saw the trailer for the remake for System Shock, yeah. and I was like, that doesn't look awesome. It's very clean. Um, I think one of the things that a lot of people liked about like the old Unreal games or the old Quake is like, or even like the old Doom and the old Duke Nukem, they're just the the pixelation of everything made made the games feel gritty and kind of like dirty. And a lot of game engines nowadays they they clean things up too much, and it's kind of why I think uh, the new the Doom reboot was praised is because they found a way. To make it still look clean, but also give it like the same gritty. They played with uh, special effects and like lighting, and the same way they did for Doom Three. They played with like the bump mapping and like mm-hmm. trying to make sure right. that like it was top of the line graphics, but at the same time it wasn't like didn't require a ton of resources on your processor and your your graphics card. Either way, yeah. I uh, I for- I totally forgot that we were gonna do mailbag today. We actually have a mailbag. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, we have a comment. Okay, well, we'll have to do that later. <laughs> okay, okay. Is it a comment on a previous episode or comment on a this comment episode? on a previous episode? Okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, okay, so I'm curious what you think of this. So, I, um, so my a couple of my sources were GiantBomb.com and. Uh, make use of dot com, which I had never heard of. Okay. Um, but I made use of it. <laughs> I see what you did there, buddy. Yeah, I was being punny. I, I didn't like it. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't like it either. It was pretty bad. Um, but it was saying that uh, games like I, I don't know how to say this correctly, Axion Verge, mm-hmm. uh, Pray to the Gods, mm-hmm. and Limbo mm-hmm. are spiritual successors. But to what? Well, for Axion Verge, spiritual successor to Metroid, but it's I would still I would think that's think more, more like inspired tribute. by yeah. yeah. Okay. Same like Pray to the Gods and I mean, I suppose Limbo's a little different, but it's more. But like, what does Limbo spiritual successor do? Oh, not Limbo. I'm sorry. Um, inside. Yeah, Inside is a spiritual successor to Limbo, but then I just kind of think of it like okay, well, Play Dead. This is their style of games they make. Yeah, I wouldn't this say is it's the a- next game that they made well one of the things the i was style. looking at as well said that shadow of colossus is considered like a spirit successor to Ico. yeah Ico. so but that's it just it's, kind of it feels, feels like, like the next the game same. yeah and they just know. put them in the same universe so really i don't know if you can even need to say i mean that's what they try to it's say ambiguous whether or not it well yeah. apparently lost guardian might be in the same universe too so i don't last, really last guardian last guardian sorry um they um yeah, I think it's people just, you know, pulling the straws here for spiritual successors. But like you said, you can't trust everything on Wikipedia, so yeah. <laughs> All right, so so what are 
what are your rules for what for a spiritual successor? I would say more than likely it can still be created by the original person that created. See, I think it has to be created by the original. Otherwise, you know, it, actually, it, it does like seem like all of these were created by the. Yeah, yeah. I I would agree with that. So let's yeah, let's go with that. It has to be created by the original. Um, though, ugh, dang it! Now I have to roll that back. Okay, so then games like. <laughs> Like ukulele, it's technically mm-hmm. a spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie. Oh, is that that's not by the same people? It's by some of the same people. See, that's fine. So okay, okay then, okay then. As long as we one, can roll forward again, they could be like the custodian that you know, like cleaned up everything. Yeah. But he saw what they were doing. He's like, "That's a good." And he's idea. like, "I can make games. I games can make a game. Making games is easy. It never requires crunch time, at all. Mm-hmm. Also, programming is the easiest. And artwork." Psh, for the birds. <laughs> that was really nerdy. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, going, okay. So, what are what, so, so, so it has like, to be. So, by the original. By the original or some of the team that worked on yeah. the original. Um, and then also, it has still has to be in the same vein of gameplay. So, right. that's why I kind of. I wouldn't say. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus well, is a spiritual says to Ico because yeah. they don't have anywhere close to the same gameplay. I mean, honestly, Ico like, doesn't even really have combat. Yeah, it does. You're fighting all the little shadow yeah, things, but not. It's it's more of a puzzle game. But th- the, that's why that's why I was that's why I, I was mean, thinking about it. All three of them are technically Shadow of Colossus could be considered a puzzle yeah, game because of Last the Guardians considered a puzzle game, but action puzzle. One of them is dedicated almost wholly to to uh to puzzles mm-hmm. with combat as a side thing mm-hmm. or as a thing and then you have the other one where it is combat based around puzzle. puzzles yeah yeah and i still wouldn't i can't consider those spiritual discussions no so. i don't i don't at all it's just it's yeah. just the next game so it still has to be in the it has to be in the same vein of uh gameplay but it's not like i mean they could have made an ico ico sequel yeah. you know so um, there was nothing keeping them from that it was just it's just like limbo. Yeah. It's just like limbo and inside, yeah. like the same thing. Um, so I'm curious. So for you, uh, when you hear about something that's okay, actually, so I'll take this as initial reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone says, "Oh, they're doing this with Final Fantasy. They're going to make a remake, spinoff, or spiritual successor," which one would you naturally be more excited about them doing? A new one. <laughs> that was not one of the options. It wasn't, but I am very, <laughs> very dedicated to... I, I like new properties. I don't feel like there there's a necessity to always rehash the old. But if I if I did have to choose you for do. them to rehash an old one, I would say I'd probably want a spiritual successor. Mainly because you can explore new themes. You don't have to do exactly the old one, but... You can use the old one to inspire a new one. I mean, which, I mean, isn't that isn't that better anyways? Like, nobody. Why do you want to remake everything? That makes no sense to me. I mean, technically, uh, Xenogears is a spiritual successor to the Final Fantasy. I'm pretty sure it originally no, no, no. started as a Final Fantasy game or idea. I don't think so. I'm gonna have to look that one up. I'm pretty we, sure we probably want to look that up. 
But Ooh, right. I don't I don't think so. I just because of well, we're gonna, because I, of the universe involved in Xenogears. And I think we're actually gonna dedicate a whole episode to Xenogears and Xenosaga. Yeah, probably. So uh we'll get more into that later. Okay. Uh, okay. That we'll works. fact check that and get you win. more into that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So yes, another one for me. <laughs> I should start a tally. <laughs> Whatever. Uh for me, ooh, that's that's really hard. I mean, I think for me. Because cause I've already told you I'm excited for a Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Um, when Dirge of Cerberus for Final Fantasy VII and that spinoff came out or yeah. Advent Children, I was excited for that. Mm-hmm. And I was excited for Xenogears, which is a special successor. I told you I've already won that battle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, for me, though, it's just... It, like I if, if you make a good game, mm-hmm. that's... That's all I need. Um, yeah, that's all I got on that. So you you didn't quite say which one? Because <laughs> I don't mind any of them really. Okay. Uh, I I guess. Is there anyone that you would uh, prefer when you look at an initial property that you like, and they announce one of the three that you mentioned? What would you prefer to hear, and what would you well, possibly roll your eyes at? <laughs> I guess I would. I guess spinoffs actually is the ones because typically spinoffs seems to focus on characters that aren't as popular yeah they're like they're grasping at straws trying to yeah. figure out what they want to do i mean there have been really good spinoffs but it just in my head my initial reaction is they're gonna be the worst one yeah um but for spiritual successors like so you know like we're t- i just said Final fantasy but if it was a Final fantasy spiritual successor that means that it's just another numbered Final Fantasy. Isn't yeah, it? well, I mean, like, <laughs> that would mean that they can't make Final Fantasy any, anymore, and then they have to go make somewhere else, which I would be excited about. It's just like Xenogears and Xenosaga. Of course, I'm excited for Xenosaga because mm-hmm. I love Xenogears, but now they're not making that anymore. Yes, there's something else being made. Right. You know. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, but it, it is interesting. There are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of these popular game developers. Well previously popular game developers that are going off on their own mm-hmm. you know you got them making uh mighty number no. nine um garbage i so this is what i heard i heard if you play it on the playstation pro mm-hmm. it's actually not that bad it's just they must have the programmers they had must not have been very great and didn't op- optimize the game very well i don't know so i would like to say it was just optimization but the game itself just was not good. So what was not good about it? Pacing, um, extraneous systems to so, okay. for battles. So let's dive in, let's let's dive into the pacing. Like, what what do you mean by it had bad pacing? The game wanted you to go fast, but they didn't give you the tools to do so. Like, the game like rewarded so- you for like chaining different like. Uh, kills oh, for attacks different people. and whatnot? Yeah, but the system that would allow you to chain those attacks wasn't designed very well. Mm-hmm. Or, like, they like, oh, a dash system would be great. Okay, okay, now we need to do this combo kill kind of thing so we can charge up this meter or whatever. And it didn't really, it just didn't blend well together. They, I feel like they just had a bunch of ideas and they were like, <laughs> we love Mega Man. It, and then they just... Yeah, what was his name? Uh, is that Kinji and Fume? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, I wonder if he's like, he took some of his ideas that Capcom was like, no, nah, we don't want to do that. And he's like, no, nah, fuck you guys. I'm going to do, do it. this by myself. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, shit, this didn't work out very great. And then he rolled all that back and said, hey, here is Mega Man 11. 
Oh, did he? I didn't know he worked on that. I believe so. Oh. So okay, so pacing. I'm, I'm, I am really curious. Uh, what, what are the other things you said? Um, well, the optimization, almost other optimization, was actually pretty bad. But um, I would say it was a, uh, it was pacing. It was, and it was like unnecessary systems, or I said extraneous systems. So like they added too much things mm-hmm. to do, and ways to do them to a point where it felt like you couldn't do them. <laughs> the, they made they added a lot that of makes system, sense. yeah they added a lot of systems that didn't work mm-hmm. very well together because I, I was just i mean i'm mostly curious because you know that's kind of the thing that we yeah. want to focus on is you know not just how people do things well but you know how how are how could they have what do they mess yeah. up on also helps like us. the visual presentation of the game was was lackluster i think they had kind of like their concept art was beautiful i mm-hmm. actually really liked it i thought it was I like the throwback to Mega Man and I like the throwback yeah. to kind of like the Saturday morning cartoon kind of look, mm-hmm. but then they put it into 3d and, and it didn't it translate didn't very well. Um, so I think, it, yeah, the cutscenes were, it, I feel like it's one of those games that could have benefited from another year of polish or something and they might've found the big bugs or maybe it could have been benefited from a lot of, uh, a, l- a little bit which more is, testing, which is weird. Cause I mean, I'm pretty sure their Kickstarter was, they had a pretty good budget from their Kickstarter. Yeah, but again, money doesn't equal good games. That's we, true. We've yeah, always yeah. we've seen that. Um, I think when what it comes down to is team chemistry. It's something that I hear on a couple of video game podcasts that I listen to already. One of the big things that you'll notice is that studios, say for instance, like Naughty Dog, they have really good chemistry because they've been working together right. forever, so they know how to put things together. Where say for instance, they can put together uh, an Uncharted game relatively quickly. And with no problems, uh, even if they're implementing new technology, moving from PS3 to PS4. Well, they did technically have some problems. I don't know. Like, yeah, I but, take that back. But when I'm talking, what I'm talking about for problems, I'm talking about like if you see those games, they're extremely polished right. and they are the most optimized possible. Right. They're okay. only for one console. But that being said, it takes them less time to get to that point than it would take for. Say, for instance, EA, who works on all the consoles or something, and they have a sub-studio that works on it or whatever. Um, there's, there, there, those studios that EA picks up, they typically drop, and then they pick up another one, and they drop that. Yeah. Um, so these studios are new, new chemistry, new, uh, new engines that they're working with, whereas you have the people at Naughty Dog who already know the engine that they're working with and already know the hardware that they're working with. They already know the people they're working with. They know how to communicate to those people. Things get done more efficiently. So technically, their game could have cost them 100000 to make, and another studio might have cost them three to 400000 to make because they would need more man hours to do everything, and they maybe have to bring in a veteran or something to, to lead their team, and that person might request more money. Whereas you have the Naughty Dog team, it only costs them that much money because, hey, they already know what they're doing. All the people are already getting paid their standard rates or whatever, and maybe it would cost them like a little bit more because these people want more money because it's a franchise or whatever. But otherwise, they still use less money and time to get to where... They- the other studios might take longer to get. I wonder how much. I wonder how, I wonder how many hours a week they work. I don't know. I, th- I it, mean, that, that it, is interesting though. Like, and and I kind of <clears throat> said it lightly, but I mean, so oh crap, who do, who does Red Dead? Rockstar. Rockstar. Yeah, you know, you, you have you hear about them working the hundred hour work weeks, mm-hmm. but then you would think that they're a really polished team too. You know that. True, but the, I think what it comes down to, and what the what the developer kind of 
tried to roll things back um, and said that, you know, it's only like the core team mm-hmm. and then the people that wanted to be there and things like that. But then it becomes like a culture of, well, if you're not working the extra time, do you really care about this project? And so yeah. then, so it's, I guess it becomes kind of that kind of culture. But I, I, the way I think about it, when I think about game development, how, how much time people dedicate to it, I dedicate a lot of time to designing video game mechanics. There, It doesn't mean that anybody's forcing me to do it and if i was working on a team i'd probably still do it more Mm -hmm. and it's not because i want to be better than all the other people but because i like video game design and there probably are people on those teams that can work a 14 hour day and and not even bat an eye go home see their family um for two minutes right um (laughs) i mean there's people who probably have really good family lives that they that's what they love to do and that's kind of how they've built their life around that and then there's other people who maybe don't have good family life because they do feel like it is a crunch and now they're being forced to stay there because if they don't then maybe their contribution will be devalued or something like that so i can see how that would lend to like a really bad culture to be built in it'd be really i guess it would be really hard to kind of structure a company you'd have to like really filter out people that don't want it doesn't really make sense like to me, in regards to, well, I mean, are you paying these people overtime after 40 hours? I think that's probably the biggest thing. I don't, th- I mean, I don't think they're, because they're not unionized, it's not required to do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, and I, mean, I, and I also think it's whatever state or whatever city you worked in hmm. that maybe, like, or whatever, where you're based in. I think it's, which is, I was listening to uh, the Kotaku podcast, and they were talking about that too, is that it does, or is it Kotaku? Or maybe this Dorkly podcast. Either way, they were talking about that too. Like, even if they were to unionize, it would be really hard to unionize because video game companies are in places ranging from San Francisco yeah. to, to Poland to, to, to Japan. So you can't... It would be hard to make a general rule for all video game companies because all these different countries have different laws. They have different cultures revolving around video games. Where it, So, for instance, in Japan, we don't hear about... The crazy hours yeah, yeah but they also I know they do they do but they also that's the same thing when it comes to like manga and anime and stuff mm-hmm. they actually have problems with that thing the the crunch and in, in having to work extra hours to finish episodes or finish volumes on time but really when it comes down to it every single one of these industries seems like they're all artistic and creative industries so i feel like unionizing it would probably cause strife not necessarily just to the creatives but to the companies that house the creatives because of course you want to give a creative person all the resources they need and the outlet they need to be creative that's the reason why you hire them right but at the same time you also don't want them bankrupting you because they're working crazy amounts of hours a day say for instance somebody feels so inspired to work you know 16 hours that day it's an extra eight hours of overtime you have to pay them if you're unionized or whatever when it comes down to it it's hard to judge whether or not any of these people that are working all of these hours are because they want to or because they feel like they have to or because they were told to you know and that's why i wouldn't be able to i'm not going to judge the developers of red dead and say well they worked their employees too hard. I'm not going to buy the game because me not buying the game also means that those people who work so hard aren't getting paid. Yeah, they don't have to work there. I mean, that's the reality of it all. 
the, when it comes down to it, the again, those podcasts that I had listened to said the same exact thing, is that people know that if they want to become a programmer, it's more profitable to be a programmer somewhere else yes. than it would be at a video game company. They do it at a video game company, either because it's a really good opportunity for them or because, hey, I want to work in video games. And that isn't to say that I don't value the the opinion or the strife or even like the you know the hard work that goes into it but yeah you you pick the industry you you kind of knew what you were getting into and yeah you yeah you could become a programmer or an artist for something else and probably make more money and you probably be able to have a little bit more freedom when it comes to uh, your time um if you really think about it like you got the like the screen actors guild so if you're a writer on a video game you're not quite there um, but and so you don't have all of the, the, the union things that would be involved with the, street, the Screen Actors Guild. But then if you go to Screen Actors Guild, then they have all of these rules and, and like being able to only write a certain number of episodes per season of the show and you have to distribute the writing to other people and blah, 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 and all that other stuff, right? So, yeah, you could... It's again. It's it's kind of yeah, like a. You have to pick where you're going to be, especially when it comes to entertainment and, and like the creative arts. No matter what, it's yeah, yeah. Well, it's really up to your opinion. Do you, do you want to do the thing or, and 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 deal with all of the uh, the strife or I mean for your creative outlet, or do you want to go the the more structured corporate route? I mean, realistically, with how many kids I have. That's, I mean, that's why I chose, I mean, I majored in video game programming design and mm -hmm. I chose to do IT and, you know, yeah. but now I want to go back. There you go. Cause it's calling me. It's calling you. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, another drink is calling me. So we're going to go on break. Cool. And when we get back, we'll talk about, uh, sequels. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we saw more spiritual successor stuff, but. Okay, we'll so that. spiritual successor. Uh, we'll we'll finish up spiritual successors <laughs> and we'll get on to sequels. Anyway, it is a hard word to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> To these spiritual successors. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luke Cage was canceled, so. Oh, that's some bad, bad news. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Where did we leave off? <laughs> stained. It's a spiritual successor. To what? Castlevania. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Yep. That's it is by, it's by the same developer, same vein of gameplay. But it's not out yet, so it's really hard to say Like, like if Who they knows? were successful. Yeah. It looks... It's not a successful spiritual successor? Mm, sure. Well, we can't determine that yet. Uh, would you call I Am Sasuna a spiritual successor? No. Tribute? Yes. Yes. In homage, if you will. Did you play it? Yes. Did you like it? Very little of it. Yes, I did kind of like it. But it's so it's so sad. There's so many games that I feel like that I would be so down for. Mm -hmm. Say, for instance, even like XCOM. 
I was a really big fan of the first XCOM game, right? So XCOM 2 came out, but then in that time frame, I was playing so many other games right. that I've, I've owned it for many a years, and I have not played barely any of it yet. And it could be really good. Same goes with World of Final Fantasy. So Same, Adam Setsuna, Lost Sphere. I own a lot oh, of I these games. About, I forgot about Lost Sphere. I, so is XCOM... Wait, okay, so is there two different XCOMs? The one yeah. I've seen, I've seen like the strategy RPG one. There is an XCOM that existed like back in the day, early on PC. Uh-huh. And then there is the new XCOM, which I don't know if it's necessarily a spiritual successor it's as much as it's like a reboot. Spinoff. No, it's more or less a reboot. Reboot. Okay. You really jumped in there like hardcore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we, wait, wait, are we, were we supposed to talk about reboots too? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, they'll get talked about, I guess. Um, <laughs> they, well, you know, um, so it was supposed to, I think it was supposed to be more or less a, like a revamp of the series. Like, hey, here we are. Let's bring this into the modern age. And it was really good. It's more so a tribute to the battle system, but like the story is completely different. And actually, I was a little disappointed when I was playing it because... The new XCOM? Oh. Or... No, I am I am Setsuna. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we really... That was a that was a hard jump there, man. <laughs> that was okay. really bad. Yeah. Well, that's it's what okay. happens when you drink during your, during your podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah. So, apparently, I don't care about XCOM. <laughs> hey, you know what? And that's fine. Some people like it. Some people truly hate it. Um. So why? I really don't know about the original. I started playing the new one, the strategy RPG one. I actually really loved the. It kind of felt like a real time strategy RPG, and but when I was playing it, it kind of gave me the uh, Valkyria Chronicles type feel, mm-hmm. but kind of different. And that was all. I was actually when I was playing it, XCOM. That was what drew me to it because I was looking for the same experience from Valkyria Chronicles. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably why I stopped playing it. Yeah, Valkyrie Chronicles. But it was good. I can tell why people would like it. Yeah, Valkyrie Chronicles has that... Uh, that kind of... It, well, they give you more movement. Mm-hmm. And XCOM is well, very grid-based. Yeah, it's grid-based. This one's more... Valkyrie Chronicles is more 3D... Distance-based? Distance-based. Yeah. That'll work. Anyway, so back back to I Am Setsuna. What were we going to talk about for that? Oh, I was just going to kind of talk about, like... You know, it's kind of more of a tribute to the battle system... Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously the look, uh, but the look wasn't even really a tribute as much either. I think the look was very like, well, the maps. Here's and then... the yeah, but it was like here's our influences, but here's mm-hmm. also our limitations. You could definitely tell that a lot of the models in uh, in I Am Setsuna was very lo-fi. I don't know. Yeah. Um, also, it might have been a throwback to. Like the PlayStation One era of things, like with the legs, because if you remember, the legs are just like triangles. Like everybody mm-hmm. walks on stilts, and I, it's I still think they were trying to give it kind of a well, no, more like the Super Nintendo feel to those sprites. Really, it was I, like trying to do a 3D sprite in a way. I guess. Either way, um, from what I played of it, I liked it. Um, but, I was. Do you ever leave the snow? In that game? You never leave the snow. So that that's one thing I don't like because yeah. I I did feel like the the screen was always very bright and then when mm-hmm. it was darkened because everything was white it felt really empty I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, I felt that way. But well, that's that's how I felt about all the characters. The, so so they, the characters really didn't have much personality to them. Mm-hmm. They were all 
basically the same. And it wasn't till like the latter, you know, quarter of the game that yeah. they kind of started differentiating the characters. Um, but you know, when you when you have Chrono Trigger, you know, basically as soon as the characters introduced, like you almost already have a feel for their personality, mm-hmm. as so, it should be. Uh, I never, I haven't played Lost Spear yet, so maybe Neither that's something I. they've they've improved on. Um, I don't even know if that was successful. I wonder if they'll end up making any more. I think that Tokyo RPG Factory or whatever is going to probably continue to pump these out. Yeah. And I think it's because Square Enix wants to appeal to a certain set of people. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to do. I, I don't really feel like there's a need to change that formula. And even if they are making the most money, Square Enix is making a f- crap ton of money off of all their other games and other I franchises. I think we're swearing in podcasts now. It's okay. We are, but I still don't. I th- if it's not necessary, I don't see why I do it. You know. Okay. Hmm. See, we have to we're, sta- we're establishing rules, yeah. just like spoilers, yeah. which we still don't have a rule for that. But whatever. So this is, should be called the others and rules. <laughs> sure. Episode. Okay. Um, Do you have any more spiritual successes? There's there's a lot more than I thought, honestly. Uh, so. But are there ones you, any more that you actually want to talk about? Though? Well, there. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's quick, quick bits about it. Did you know that Evil Within was by the same guy that did uh, Resident Evil? No idea. Yeah, because that was well. Yeah, that was that was. It almost makes sense now that mm-hmm. you mention it, but yeah. Which those games were? It was okay. Did you play that Evil one? Within? No, I don't play those. I don't. Yeah, I don't play Resident Evils. I don't play. Those you don't like games. you don't like getting scared. No, it's there's no point. It's cool. You don't have to admit about being scared. I am afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Wow, that's funny because I have Ghostbusters on the list down <laughs> down below. Um, so, okay, well, and and this is another surprising one. Uh, they they listed Rogue Galaxy as a spiritual successor to Dark Cloud, and I don't know if you played Rogue Galaxy either. Mm-mm. You definitely missed out on that game. That one game was really good. And, and but the only thing it really had was it kind of had it had. Did it have city building aspects? It had did no it have, city building aspects. Did it have dungeon calling aspects? Kind of, but not really. So then how the hell is that a Dark Cloud thing? Uh, you could combine items. What? <laughs> that's something that's a mechanic do. that's in almost every RPG now. <laughs> I know. So I, I don't I I that one was lost on me. Yeah. Um this I didn't know. Uh, apparently, Bravely Default was originally sequel to Final Fantasy IV: Heroes of Light. All the, all the, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that too. I don't even know what the hell Final Fantasy IV: Heroes of Light is. Yeah, it's. I think it was originally a Japanese exclusive. I don't even. Yeah. I really don't think we ever got it. Yeah. We might have, but I don't know. Anyway, that yeah. may be why I've never heard of it. Yeah, I feel like you might have played this one. Have you played Hardcore's Uprising? Who? <laughs> Hardcore's Uprising. It's like the spiritual successor of the Contra. I think I've seen it. I might even own it. Which is weird that you haven't played it because you were a pretty big Contra fan, weren't you? Oh, freaking so much. <laughs> wait, wait. But you know what? Oh, I it's dro- super, super Contra. Yeah, see, yeah, I yeah, dropped yeah. off. See, I played the first Contra. Mm-hmm. I played the second Contra. I played the third Contra. My favorite Contra, um, Alien Wars. Um, but after that, like... They didn't do anything else. And then, like, when they brought up the PlayStation, I think that they were like, well, we have to make everything 3D. And instead of just keeping it side-scrolling, they did 3D and actually did, excuse me, full 3D. And it, it didn't work very well. 
Yeah, this is kind of Well, they still kind of had like a top-down, like they had a fixed view and you kind of moved along kind of a track. Which that was, that was like the contract for super for super contra. That was like the annoying part to me was the overhead part. I wanted like the side scrolling regular part. Oh yeah. Well, when you play contra three and that you have to do those things, you know, a part of the charm of those sections is that they were so difficult because everything else, in my opinion, um, leading up to like the motorcycle stage and when it, the game gets progressively harder anyways, Spoiler. it was actually pretty easy. Spoilers for a game that was <laughs> brought out in my childhood? I don't think so, man. <laughs> and and just a mechanic in it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, the, the top-down perspective was kind of... It was a nice change of pace. And it added kind of a, a layer of a strategy to a game that's otherwise run-and-gun. Um, I like that. Running on parts. All right. <laughs> That's the, actually the sound of the motorcycles. Did um, you know the first computer was was built in the, the 1500s? Did you know that it was his first <laughs> <laughs> to writing on walls and, and <laughs> <laughs> with chalk? It's so easy. Even a caveman can do it. Why? That was really echoey. <laughs> so. <laughs> Jesus they Christ. are kind of echoey. Off the rails. All right. Um, I, I put that in my notes. I don't know why I put that in my notes. I don't know either. I also, no I don't clue. know why you're telling me it's in your notes. You could have just said it and people would be like, this random fu- fucker. What? See, I can't even curse well, them because I, I want to not curse. <laughs> they're going to think this random fucker regardless. So Sure. Um, all right. So let's, let's, start, let's go to the ones that are near and dear to our hearts. Um, like that, what? Well, by that I mean Maximo Ghosts of Glory. And I'm assuming, hold on, it's a spiritual successor to uh, Ghouls and the Ghosts Knights and Ghouls. Go, go, what? Ghosts what? and Goblins. Okay. What is the one with the knight? Is that Knights and Ghouls or something? Right? Ghouls oh God, I don't know. That's the one with the knight that, like, every time he gets hit, he loses, like, a piece of armor. And yeah, then he gets, he's Ghosts in his, and Goblins. He's in his, oh, okay, his pantaloons. And pa- yes, his pantaloons. Pantaloons. Pant. Oh, it's pantaloons? Pant. Okay. Pa. <laughs> P-A. Pa. Pantaloons. So, <laughs> so I'm cute. Okay, so you had Xenoblade. on his pantaloons. You had Xenoblade 1, you have Xenoblade 2, and then you have Xenoblade Chronicles X. Is that a spinoff? No, the naming convention, it depends on, I don't I haven't played it, but the naming convention seems kind of similar to what animes do sometimes, where mm-hmm. it'll be, like, say, for instance, Tokyo Ghoul started off as Tokyo Ghoul, mm-hmm. and the next season was Tokyo Ghoul something with a symbol and something else, and then the last season, or the current season, is Tokyo Ghoul Re. Well, I mean, they went Xenoblade Chronicles 1, Xenoblade Chronicles X, and then Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Who knows? I don't know. Okay. So it's not worth talking about. Got no. it. <laughs> not at all. Um, also, well, who cares um, about those games? All right, oh. All right. Wow, man. Those games, those games are really good. Well, I know. I still got to play the first one and the second one. First, Well, I haven't played the second one, but the first one's the best so far. So Xenoblade Chronicles X. It's good. <laughs> it's, That's not what you told me when you let me borrow the game. What did I say when I let you borrow the game? It's so good. Like, like I 
everything you like about this game. Like, it's other things that you talk about that you like in games. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You just got to play through it. Yeah, I didn't say that at all. I probably uh, literally said, it's not as good as the first one, but you should still play it anyway. It's still a good Whichever game. one you let me borrow, you said it was like like the, the bee's no, knees. No, man. Yeah, that's what I heard. I thought you had a good memory. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, was there another, oh, I mean, we've already talked about kind of Xenogears. We're going to have a whole podcast of that. Dude, let's not even, let's not even go down that rabbit hole. I mean... I guess we could talk about Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, but I just don't think that I don't think Chrono Cross is a spiritual successor. It's a Chrono sequel. Cross is effectively a sequel. Yeah. The only reason why it would be considered a spiritual successor is if you didn't play the game all the way through. Because towards the end is where everything uh, connects uh, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't talk too much about that. <laughs> um, why? why? Do you want to do a whole episode on Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross? I would because do that. I couldn't talk about that because I didn't play Chrono Cross. I just watched videos. See, I wish story. I remembered Chrono Cross, but there's, it's very convoluted. Yeah, I, I remember all of Chrono Trigger. I remember yeah, because Chrono bit of Trigger that game. was an easier story to follow. Yeah. Chrono Cross was like extremely fuck your brain, man. <laughs> you you're gonna you're gonna you have to figure this out. Also, you probably should bring a notepad. <laughs> I wonder if it's more convoluted than Xenogears. Xenogears isn't convoluted. Xenogears is just dense. Whoa. So, Dino Gears has a lot of things going on, but they're very, very like open about their it's, connections to everything. It's yeah, it's easier to connect the threads. But Xena or but Chrono Cross deals with time, as mm-hmm. does Chrono Trigger. And when you deal with time, you can get pretty convoluted because yeah. then you deal with what happened at one place, what affects this. Then you also have to kind of figure out whether or not this medium is is handling time in a way where things affect other things or multiple timelines exist. And then like how, how that kind of thing. Uh, well, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So what, okay. So you got, yeah, Chrono Trigger who, where obviously you go back through time and you can you, change things and you can change things. Mm-hmm. But then in Chrono Cross, you go between dimensions and, but you can change things like it, it like you can still go to one world and it affects the other dimension. So they have like interlocking dimensions with time travel. It's 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 not even it's really not even time. It, it's almost like it's so almost they like the, the they might have got rid of the time aspect and just well no did. it's still there. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like the Legend of Zelda where you know they have the, you have the three timelines where you have the one you where not Link... be talking shit about Legend of Zelda. Uh, who? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, we have the timeline where Link dies, Link wins, and something else happens to Link. And it oh, those all of that's malarkey. They just did that because somebody already had tried to, to make a make sense of it. Well, regardless of malarkey, that's essentially what it's like for Chrono Cross. It's basically when the events of Chrono Trigger happened. Um, it fractured time. Yeah, fractured time. Into multiple dimensions that could be traveled within. Which but is also weird. somehow affect each other. Because the third game, and the ending to Chrono Cross is so, like, what? It's in our world. That's a spoiler. Not really. I forgot about that. Okay. Um, but the third game in the, the third game was going to be called Chrono Break, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's almost like. Isn't the there one, one game that's already exists that was like a visual novel that was only in oh, Japan? Um, like. Chrono Requiem or something. Radiant. Radiant something. Yeah, maybe. 
Well, there's a game Radiant called... Historia? No, no, no. no that's an actual game. And that's... Um, I want to play that so badly. I have not it, played that yet. Yeah, it's... Well, it's it's the sequel to Chrono Trigger and the prequel to Chrono Cross. It kind of bridges the gap. Radiant kinda. Historia? No, the... Oh, the, the other... In between. Yeah, I, I can't... Radical Dreamers. Radical Dreamers. Boom. Look at you. Pull that on my noggin. Um, you pulled it out of your butt. <laughs> so... All right. So if you were to make a Chrono Break game, what would you do for the mechanic for that one? So you've had you had them go through time. Mm-hmm. You've had them split two different dimensions. What would mm-hmm. be next? What could they do? You know, if I'm being completely honest, these are not the types of games I would design. So it would be harder. It would be really hard for me to to like settle in on a mechanic that I would actually like or but what what's the mechanic though what's the underlying mechanic for for chrono trigger and chrono cross time travel most of the time well no i mean like you you go to a different map Mm -hmm. you do something on this map it affects another map in the game okay i mean that's that's pretty much the mechanic for both of them yeah well Okay, when you when you strip away the story and everything, yes, mm-hmm. that's the actual mechanics in the, right. in the in the engine. Um, but a lot of the story is very integ like it's it leans very heavily on that mechanic, right? And I think that's what makes it hard for me to design that because I don't I don't really like time travel in media because it's always gimmicky. I guess I don't know. Time travel is a very uh, sensitive subject. <laughs> so why why was why did okay so if you don't like but you like Chrono Trigger right I do like Chrono Trigger so why does Chrono Trigger work I only liked Chrono Trigger before I became so cynical <laughs> okay. if I if, I mean I'm being completely honest like back then I was I didn't think about stories that same way mm-hmm. I didn't think about um I didn't think about mechanics that way and when I was playing it I was just thinking oh my gosh time travel is the greatest but as I got older and as I started writing my own stories and as I started designing my own games. I was thinking, I'm never going to do time travel. And if I do do time travel, it's going to be flashbacks. That's about right. as close to time travel as I'll get. Because time travel makes things so convoluted. Um, and I guess I look back at Chrono Trigger through my eyes now, I wouldn't like it. But because I have already played it, and because it's already been you know, kind of like lodged in there, it's been branded on my brain that it's a good game, that I can't be mad at it now. You know? Um it's one of those. It's like a nostalgia shield, you know. Yeah. It. it you, well, you, the story you cast wasn't it on all your all your fond memories. It, it's interesting <laughs> because well, the story for Chrono Trigger, it's good, but mm-hmm. it's not like it's not super. The story for Chrono Trigger is very fluffed. Fluff. It can be done. The story for Chrono Trigger could really be done in a couple hours and mm-hmm. call it a day. I mean, technically, the gameplay itself is already done in in like twelve. 12 hours, I think, or something like that? Mm. No, that's a 20-hour game or something. Yeah, 12 to 20 hours. But, like, the there's a possibility, like, you can finish the game in a couple hours. That's because, So that's only after, after you've, you've completed the game. Once, yeah. yeah, but it's, it's you can like, a secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Game Plus, you have all your stats, yeah. yada, yada, yada. The thing, um, is, the thing is I liked about that game back in the day was that uh, was the tech system. There was something to be said, like after playing tons of Final Fantasy games and having everybody have their own skills and that's all they have. They do not affect right. the other battlers. They do their thing, their turn is over. 
But in Chrono Trigger, it's really cool to kind of have this thing. You're watching everybody's bars to make sure that their time is up so they can, you can perform an extra tech with them or whatever. And then the fact that everything was actually shape-based and not necessarily like grid or turn-based or whatever. So say, for instance, you can you can definitely tell the developers figured this out Cross too. Cross-strike. Yeah. So, you, well, I mean, everything was based on the actual like arena. Mm-hmm. So... If a monster constantly was moving out to the outside of the arena, you could you couldn't do that normal attack that would uh, like with fire. I think it was uh, Luca and Chrono and Chrono would do a little fire spin yep. thing, but you can only do that around one fire person. Cyclone. There we go. Yes, I, I haven't played in a long time. Um, they could only do that attack around one person. So if everybody else moved away from them, they don't get hit. Right. But it's very shaped based. I don't. There's something to be said about that battle system that was very ahead of its time first of all and very innovative to a point where it'd be hard to recreate because the amount of ai that be, that's involved in like making sure you can't cheese that system yeah, it's and, really hard but they to also cheese have that it system. like the the enemies they also have it where if you really if you just sit there and watch their movement they're not going to go like you're not going to have an enemy just go oh, i'm just going to go to the very edge of the screen over here mm-hmm. during a battle they're it's, they're still kind of like enclosed in the area so yeah. they have in the programming saying okay this is your boundary you cannot yeah. go out of this boundary there's a tree here don't mm-hmm. move don't try to bump into the tree yeah or avoid the tree or whatever yeah it, it's really really good programming for the time um, i mean still good programming now but you know yeah um crap i don't know where i was going but do you, so how much of uh of chrono cross battle system do you remember none <laughs> so it was a little bit <laughs> It was a little bit like uh, Xenogears in a way, where in Xenogears you have, you know, kind of a light, medium, and hard attack. Mm-hmm. And and so if you do like two light attacks and then the power attack, and then you can do attack, well, it's kind of like that. So for they had, they had like a percentage. So you did a certain amount of attacks, and then you can go past your percentage, you know? Like, so say like, like you do a... 10% attack, or you do like five 10% attacks, and then there's like an attack that normally would take 100%. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, you could do like five of those 10% attacks, and then you can do, at the end of it, you could do like a, a 100% attack. I don't know. This, it's hard to get a visual on it, but yeah, it, it really like, I can see where Chrono Cross Battle System kind of bled into Xenogears. Possibly. Yeah, no, I totally did. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I really got. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it was all, I mean, Xenogears and it was all about and Chrono Cross. Oh, I remember more I was about trying to go. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like the writers for Chrono Trigger got cynical like you, and they were like, well, damn it, we'd made this time travel game. We didn't even think about it. What the hell are the repercussions? They're all doing all this shit in time. What, yeah. what do they do? And so they're like, and they're like, oh, well, let's make a game about all these very convoluted let's make let's make a realistic game now about all the crazy shit that could possibly happen from fucking with time yeah okay. i think that was our first swear in the game <laughs> okay um let's take a quick little break a quick little break yeah quick okay and we'll be back with the smooth jazz podcast <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay. We're back. We're back. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about spinoffs. And what? My, <laughs> my favorite spinoff. Beyblade. What? The hell is that? They're the little spinning tops that like you fight them because you can add little accessories <laughs> on it. See what I did there? Uh-huh. <laughs> I did. Uh, my fo- or my Crossfire. Crossfire! I, I don't know what this is. Jesus Christ, man. What is this stuff? It's from our era. Really? Yes. Oh. It's like the early 90s. Like it's hi- like like hypercolor shirts? Yes. Um, Did you have a hypercolor shirt? Oh, hell no. Do you know um, what So is? Beyblade is the little thing where you have to like pull the pull the string and then like it's a top that goes out, right? And then uh-huh. you have multiple tops in this little arena and then they f- pretty much the first one that stops is the one that loses the little thing. But Crossfire is similar to that except for there's, there's these little, instead of being like tops, they're actually like a like a ball bearing with the like a like a ring on it or something like that and the they get like blasted out and something and they just kind of bounce around so this one stops or whatever but hmm. okay i feel like you're gonna you're gonna i'm gonna have you watch some commercials so for um, our younger audience the tie-dye sh- or the <laughs> hyper color shirts were basically tie-dye shirts but, but if you like yeah if you like blue hot air on them they'd change color Holy shit. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so sorry, back to spin Where would we purchase we... those? Can we purchase those? Mm-hmm. I don't you know. You probably anyway. make them. All right, so my favorite spinoff, obviously, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Dude, that wasn't even really a spinoff, though. <laughs> that was literally, they made the game, and they it made it, they were supposed to be easy, and it was supposed to be for all beginners of Final Fantasy. It was whatever. a spinoff. I guess it can it's considered a spin off of the Final it's Fantasy. It's like Final Fantasy Light series, yeah. It was definitely L I T E. Um Did you like it? Did I no. So I, I like the music so much though. Oh, uh, I don't remember Whoever the music. composed the music was great. Um Well, you know, I played with I might like, insert a little bit of music here. Okay. I I didn't think the game was bad as much as it's getting all the crap about. It's in comparison to their other games. That's what yeah. it is. But, I mean, if it's... Well, maybe that was the problem. They shouldn't call it Final Fantasy. Yeah. But it it was fine. It was interesting. It was like a... It was like a weird combo between Final Fantasy and... Zelda. Zelda. Yeah. Okay. It had the had the little hook shot. It had the... Yeah. It had a lot of traversal mechanics yeah. on top of having the first person see the back of your sprite kind of battle system or whatever. Um, oh, God. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was just like... Uh, oh, I knew. I, I monster, monster, yep, monster, yep, yep. and then you see the back of your person and go, and I think you got like a, a like a guest of the chapter kind of thing going on. So yes. like every every chapter you got a new person. That game was really hard, except for the fact that it wasn't. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're probably right. Yeah, and it was very much in the vein of Final Fantasy four in terms of graphics. I think. Oh, um, you know something I didn't kind of pixelated. Oh, what were damn it? I don't remember what we're talking about earlier. Oh, you're talking about uh. In Chrono Chrono Trigger, how you can use like mechanics from two different characters, mm-hmm. but they I forgot they incorporated that into Final Fantasy IX. Do you remember? Vivi and Steiner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Heather. We talked about Final Fantasy IX. That's all you get. <laughs> That's all you get. Actually, I really do feel like eventually I want to do a series about each individual Final Fantasy and how. Oh, a series about each one. Dude, or not a series about like Ooh. not a series per game, but a series that involves talk about, one episode per. I cannot talk an hour and a half about Final Fantasy two. 
I'm going I'm going to. <laughs> okay. That sounds like fun. Okay, not an hour and a half. Each of those episodes is probably gonna be closer to like thirty minutes, maybe except for like maybe Final Fantasy seven and eight. Um <laughs> and six and four and three. Shit. Never mind. None of those are going to be short episodes. Anyways, we are going to do that eventually. And okay. whether you like it or not. Okay. Maybe I'll just talk a whole bunch about myself. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and then the Xenogears and Xenosaga, which will be a freaking awesome series. Do you want to talk about anything else we want to talk about later on? Is that I'm your way? I'm giving you your opportunity to Is do that your it, way so. of saying, can I talk now? <laughs> <laughs> No, man. No, I mean, no, no. You like talking, so I, I don't want to deprive you of things you'd like to do. That's kind wow. of a, that's a I dick I still move. feel like you're being real real <laughs> dickish, man. Real dickish. <laughs> um, I do like to talk, though. <laughs> yes, Thank <I> mean, you. <laughs> what, what are some other Final Fantasy spinoffs? Thank you for listening to me, people. Um, <laughs> there's Final Fantasy Legends. Um, what the hell is that? They're Final Fantasies for the original Game Boy. Oh, but th- those are actually... Um, they are considered shit. Secret of Mana game or Mana games. Or I thought they were Adventures Rom- of Romance Manners. Saga or whatever. It was one of, the, think, one of those offshoots by Square I think in Japan they were yeah, something else. Or Squaresoft. And then, yeah. And then when they came here, they were like... They were Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, they were Final Fantasy. Yeah. Nobody knows about these yet, so we'll just name them Final Fantasy. Yeah, pretty much. Um, other spinoffs, we have Crystal Chronicles. We have Tactics. We got all those Chocobo games. All the Chocobo Racing and Chocobo Treasure Hunt. Did you play any of these? I did not play any of those. Though I heard Why didn't you that not? the racing one was good because I didn't have money back in the day. Uh, okay. And when these games came out is when I was still in like elementary, middle school. So, Ask me why I didn't play. Why didn't you play them? Because they looked terrible. Oh. Okay, well, I, I don't know why you wanted to like <laughs> have the time to say that, but okay. Uh, <laughs> that's why. That's why. I, you know what? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Tactics, wait. really? Oh, Does that look terrible? No, 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 no. no. Oh. I'm talking about like. You're talking about other... the Chocobo ones, right? Yeah, like that's did probably you... why I have a bad image of spinoffs. Did you it know? It might actually be those games. There's a spinoff for Final Fantasy, in form of an anime called Final Fantasy Unlimited. I've heard of it. I still haven't seen it. Good music. All right story. And that all right is really pushing it on the scale of all right to what the hell. Um so yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that. Um Yeah. I think I have have it somewhere. I don't know. Anyways. Uh any more spin offs that you can think of for Final <laughs> Fantasy? No, I can't think of any. Okay. It's really funny because this is starting to feel more like our, our first podcast a little bit. Off the rail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, sp- spinoffs. I, I, okay. Can you think of a good spinoff? Off the top of your head. Mm-mm. Most spinoffs don't ever do very well. Not and not saying monetarily do very well in terms of. It, it always seems like a cash cow that you're trying to to. Yeah. To fill in. You're trying to capitalize on the popularity of a particular character. Yes, or scenario. I mean, we had like I don't know if you well, remember like the Clone Wars. The uh, the animation was a good spinoff of the Star Wars movies, which I thought was was good. And but at the same time, you knew they were trying to cash in on something. But it was still really it was still really well thought out. The story was good. But how is it different though? That's that's the thing. What do you mean? So 
How's why, that? why is that? How's that any different than like why was that one able to be successful while these other spinoffs are not? It was flushed out. It wasn't an afterthought. It was actually a legitimate expansion of something, you know. Um, whereas most most of the spinoffs and most especially the ones that are unsuccessful tend to be non-canon. There you go. Yeah, they typically will throw away half of the story mm-hmm. and then, or they'll just. They'll start adding on so much stuff that later on they'll just have to say, this is non-canon, you know? Or they'll change the genre so much that... Dirge of Cerberus? Oh, see, I like... I didn't mind that one. See, I didn't mind it either, but if you look at it in comparison to the games that it was yeah. supposed to be a spinoff of, you kind of look at it under this light where, okay, it's PS2. It's PS2 Final Fantasy VII, so technically you're already happy then. You have, like, the enhanced graphics or whatever. But at the same time, well, you look you at these developers... You got to see your Final Fantasy characters in better graphics. You're right. So yeah. so it's fun that way. But then if you look at it, then you get Vincent cast in this other light. It was, his backstory was great. I don't... How did you mess that up? Anyways, his backstory... From the original was, Final Fantasy? Yeah. Yeah. They, his backstory was great. And even in Dirge of Cerberus, they expanded upon his backstory and it was great. But then the villains that they added messed the whole game up because the villains felt tacked on. They felt very anime. They felt very... Uh, uh, here's the villain of the chapter and we're going to keep on moving on. The gameplay was all right, but it definitely seemed like the developers didn't know what a third person shooter was. And they're like, so we just, we can make a button that you press that does this, right? Okay, cool. Let's just, <laughs> let's go with that. Also, we have to add in his transformation. So we'll figure that shit out later. But yeah, it was bad execution for what would otherwise have been a like one of the one of their great ideas for Final Fantasy Seven. So I didn't even think about That's this though. But so you never played Crisis Core, but I did play Crisis Core. Not, I haven't finished it yet though. Okay, so I would say of all the Sp- Final Fantasy spinoffs, though, that would be the best one. That one, but but there was already. Are you talking about spinoffs of a numbered Final Fantasy or spinoffs of the Final Fantasy series as a whole? I would say in general. That was the best like one. you didn't like Crystal Chronicles, you didn't like Tactics, like no. you didn't like I mean, Type Zero. I didn't like Type, type Zero. Type but. Zero was okay. No, but I think the reason why Crisis Core was so good is because it it basically already had an established outline. Yeah, it was one. It, you know what, I would liken it to to Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you already you knew exactly what happened before. Yep, you knew what was going to happen at the end. But for some reason, there was that huge gap in your memory, or obviously they hadn't told you yet, but they introduced a character that they had never really fleshed out. Zach's n- Zach never got any kind of love in Final Fantasy VII, and other than that he existed and that Cloud was well, Mostly, based- it was just a uh, secret scene, too. Mainly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... When you gave him his whole story, and but then you knew where he existed in the storyline, and you're like, "Huh, that makes a lot of sense." And then all those things where they just showed you a photograph or something, now you have explanation behind those things. It was pretty good. But uh, so, but then they added Genesis when I didn't need all that crap. I think I know really what it is now, though. It's hmm. it's usually when video games use spinoffs, it's almost like a testing ground for them mm-hmm. for something else. So when they made Crisis Core, like the game they made after that was Type Zero, uh-huh. and it had similar gameplay mechanics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you joined the ra- the radio DJ thing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, because normally I shake my head, so I'm just kind of <laughs> yeah. I like nobody. I don't want to shake that. my head right now, so I'll give you audio cues. Yeah, <laughs> well, I just want. I mean, not only do I want you to know I'm listening, but I want the play uh, the the player. Wow, talking about video games too much. Uh, the listener to know that I'm listening and that I'm active in this conversation. <laughs> I want you to know. I'm I, I wish I could. Uh, I really wish I could think some more, but I mean that's that's usually what it is. Um, damn it. I had one, but I lost it because of your. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My bad. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but it, but it, yeah, it really is. It's, it's like, it's like their testing ground, and so they use something that's a popular, popular. that can make IP. them a couple bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. and then on top of it, then they can still kind of. And then, the, but then it was weird because then there was, there was uh, because because Final Fantasy World of Final Fantasy wasn't really a testing ground. No. It was, it was like a tribute game. Yeah. It was one of those games where they knew they couldn't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. As long as they use all the iconic monsters, as long as they use all the iconic characters. Had a very anime story. Yeah, and then as long as Tetsuo Nomura was designing characters then or designing villains, then they were going to be good. Well, vi- villains and heroes and heroines. I hate it when I can't think of what I was trying to think of. Ah, whatever. Well, moving on. Moving on, what is next? Are we going to talk about? Go ahead. What do you want to talk about? Viewer mail. Oh, are oh, we already co- done? Oh, I don't. I don't know. You just made it seem like you had nothing else. To oh, well, technically, we didn't even talk about sequels or anything. So okay, let's get into these mother sequels. <laughs> okay. Do you have some sequels? Mind? Suck. Okay. Stop making sequels. Think of new <laughs> ideas. Unless the game is already a game, story, TV show, or movie or whatever, is designed to have a sequel, don't give it a sequel. Stop doing this crap where like, oh, it was so popular, so I'm going to have to just make another one. I know, they should not have made Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. He already wrote those stories. Did he? Yes. Oh, okay. So I. Why do you think it started off as 4, 5, 6 as opposed to 1, 2, 3? All right, take a quick break. Okay, here we go. All right, so we're we're back, and uh, we we have a special guest. Uh, we actually invited George Lucas to answer this question for us. So, so George Lucas, when you originally made Star Wars, were you planning a, a sequel to this? Well, actually, what I was planning... This isn't his voice at all. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. It wasn't even like you like trying to sound like anyone else. You're like, this is me, this is me. trying to sound like George Lucas sounding like Will. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. So, okay. So, we find out that in the original movie, Scroll... Scroll? What's it called? Scroll? Scroll. Scroll. Uh, they actually didn't have episode four... Uh, or it didn't say episode four, and he had ideas for more Star Wars stuff, but Will translates that to he had ideas for a sequel. I translate that into just more random Star Wars ideas. Don't twist my words. I translate that into he had a plan 
for a series of movies or he had a plan for a story uh-huh. that was only partially told okay. in one movie therefore it had other things that could be told okay. from said story in other movies so since empire strikes back is it is a spinoff of star wars <sighs> <laughs> no, what really we were funny. talking about was the Star Wars thing was supposed to be it, a good sequel, it, an idea of a good sequel, in that the story, the ideas were thought of ahead of time. That's what I was trying to say. It's but, funny because <laughs> how do we keep talking about? We're not even like huge Star Wars fans, but we keep on talking about Star Wars at all. <laughs> like I like Star Wars, but not even like I don't. I know. mean, it's cool. I mean, yeah, but I don't really, I don't really bang with Star Wars like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, have you seen? Did you watch Harry Potter? Yes. Did you watch Fantastic Beasts? Yes. What do you think? I loved it. Really? Yeah. Ugh. All right. So, I don't know. I I'm mean, one that, of the few. I know. Yeah, this is another one of those spinoffs where it just doesn't have the same feel to it. Because I think they make It's these... because it's not based on a set of media. It's ba- but it was written it, by J.K. Yes. Rowling. Yes, but it's a straight-to-movie kind of deal. Whereas the other ones, it was, it was oh okay okay yeah. Sorry. Whereas the other ones were written as books first, and then yeah. they were translated to. Movies. Well, she did write the script, and I suppose she had never written a script before. So. so that being said, the thing is, when you're writing a story for a movie, the the type of writing that you do is completely different than when you're writing the story for a novel. Because mm-hmm. in the novel, you're writing, you're writing descriptions, and you're writing all these things for the for the uh for the reader to interpret themselves and to be able to kind of imagine kind of how try to imagine the things the way that you imagine them whereas when you put them into a movie you have to show all of the things there is no ambiguity to appearances there is no um there's no interpretation of the the media they'll, they'll never be able to get it as perfect as what i have it in my head right and that's fine but fantastic beast it's a different type of storytelling it's straight to it is a movie it's a it's the telling of a story in a movie i thought it was slow like it was all it was slow yeah but they're also here's the thing when you're establishing a world that hasn't or uh, a region that hasn't been established before because if you look at the original harry potter movies they were all very much not in the u.s they tried to very much keep it to kind of i guess where she's from Mm-hmm. So she kind of has more idea of where, how how to how to like pres- uh, bring those into this fantasy realm or whatever. But now she's writing a movie that's about the U.S. and in a time frame, of course, that we're not all a part of. Right. And so there was, so there's all that kind of stuff. And again, it could be that her next movie or the the next Fantastic Beasts is might cool. be way better. Yeah, is way better. I, I, I was thinking that. it's a first foray into screen in screenwriting. Well, but, you know, like. For the first one, you know, maybe she doesn't necessarily had the perfect direction she wanted to go. Nope. And so with the sequel, she has maybe she has more of a grand scheme of it all. But you can also tell that the first one was written to have a sequel. It was not written in a way that would that lend to like a a closing. But even if you have a even if you wrote it to have a sequel, it doesn't mean that you have like a firm idea of what you're gonna do. Right, but. It doesn't mean that you have to scrounge together the idea for a sequel based right. on ideas that maybe were not prominent. Whereas this one, the sequel is based wholly on that that ending scene and everything that led up to it. Don't tell me because I, I don't think I finished I'm not gonna it actually. Go. I'm not going to tell you. I think I got like three fourths through and I didn't finish. I, I remember the scene. Uh, I just remember the scene where like they go into whatever his bag mm-hmm. and then there's just it's just like ten minutes of them showing off these creatures. 
And I'm like... It's kind of the title of the movie. I know, but then I'm like, okay, if you're going to have Fantastic Beasts... Mm-hmm. They are fantastic. They better be fantastic, because I didn't think they were fantastic. But there's the big... Here's the thing. <sighs> Man, are we really <laughs> getting into the Harry Potter? Okay, so the thing about the Fantastic Beasts is that like, if you really... Most movies will always have like tiers of characters. They're not always going to have everybody's not always going to be legendary. You know. Sorry, what I mean? sorry to interrupt. Um, do you not like Harry Potter? I like Harry Potter. Okay. I don't say I have like a ton to say about it, but like when I went into it, I didn't wasn't thinking that I was going to get all these crazy fantastical beasts. I was thinking that there's probably going to be one or two that are like crazy good big like ones that was like oh i want to have a griffin that's a better idea see quality is better than quantity but in this case you're establishing a world where quantity is definitely going to have to balance with uh with quality that being said because if you think about our world as it exists right now there's like thousands of species of cockroaches so that's disgusting right but did not main characters in in our lives at all unless you live in a place of really infested with them or whatever. Anyways, but if you think about like if you're while you're established if you're establishing that world, there's gonna be tons of magical creatures, right? Mm-hmm. So then there's bound to be smaller magical creatures that aren't as fantastical, like the little dude that likes shiny things. That have you seen the little things from the Last Jedi? Yes. Porgs. Yeah. Those are fantastic. Ones. I'd eat them. <laughs> Um, you know what actually was really I wish cool? I could do a Chewbacca those those little um those little like the the salt foxes the little crystal foxes at the at the end oh yeah yeah they were on that one planet those were pretty legit I yeah like they those. were pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. they they were really sweet too they yeah. they led somebody to safety yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't want to give away everything um it's okay but that, that being said terrible. wow <laughs> that being said I yeah your argument about the not all the creatures being fantastic mm-hmm. it's yeah they're creatures and it's a collection of creatures it's not a collection of fantastic creatures it's but it's called no actually they're beasts beasts fantastic beasts yeah and anyway. where and where to find them yep in his in his bag they're yeah. all in there yeah, yeah, yeah. or or so when they they're not they answered for, they answered where to find them so except for when they're not except for when they're not then you have to go find them yeah. So and then you can put them in the bag, like and where, then you'll know where, where in the at. world is the beasts. Beasts, fantastically. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So go <laughs> on. You were like, okay, wait. Is that a sequel? That's a prequel. Is it even a prequel? It's a spinoff. It's a spinoff. Okay. Or it's a side story, or it's a it's a parallel story, or yeah. spinoff. Let's just call it spinoff. Spinoff. It's a spinoff. <laughs> so so okay. <laughs> I suppose I suppose we're supposed to go back in the the sequels. Yes. There's there's got to be some sequel that you actually thought was good that really I mean, I mean technically Kingdom Hearts 2 wasn't supposed to be a sequel, right? Yeah, but Kingdom Hearts 2 was good. Yeah. The thing is that I don't like is that there's so many companies that will make sequels simply out of necessity to make a sequel. Isn't that what they did with Kingdom Hearts? Kind they made of made money. But but here's the thing. That's kind of an example of how sequels can be good. In that, if you look at Kingdom Hearts, it took everything from the first one. It did not leave anything out. Mm -hmm. And then it took all of those and took them up several levels. 
better. Way better. Mm-hmm. And on the same console at that. So it wasn't like, oh, we have to, we could have to work within but, our limitations. But this is supposed to be what we hate about sequels, i.e. Predator. It's a super Predator. No. no I'm just kidding. But, I'm just in, kidding. but I was going to say, in video games, like for, for Kingdom Hearts, they pretty much said, hey, here's the mechanics that you know and love. But we will add more mechanics to those mechanics, and then we'll add some other stuff on there because we heard you complain that this was slow. So now you're Did not they? slow at all. Oh, I didn't know they complained about that. I thought it was fine. I'm sure people complained about it. I complained about it. I thought Kingdom Hearts 1 was really slow. Um, it, it's kind of clunky at times. But then Kingdom Hearts 2 said, screw that. Okay, now you can wield two blades, and you see now you can float everywhere, and you can, you can do all this other stuff, and, I think, uh, and you go super fast. I think that's going to even get even faster in Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, well, because they added that little the little the jumps dream, is the, the dream drop distance, like the reflex system or something like yeah, that. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah. Um. <laughs> damn it! I forgot what I was going to. Son of a bitch! I'm doing a lot today. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. But yeah, I think that's how Ke- that's how that's how a sequel should be done. Spinoffs, Kingdom Hearts wise, I wouldn't say are the greatest at all. I'm not a. I think I feel like they got a little too convoluted, and they were stories that they hadn't originally thought about, and then it was no. just like crap. We brought in another character. We should probably explain that. Let's make well, a whole game about that. And then oh crap, we brought in another character in this one. We better explain that character. Did too. you read uh, about Lightning Returns? No. So was <laughs> actual lightning. So the developer like really, really, really likes lightning, mm-hmm. and so for Lightning Returns. She he added a cup size to her. Really? Yeah, there's actually an article talking about this. How did people even know this? Because he said it. Oh, like he's like I yeah, like. Yeah, the her. developer said this. Oh, he's like I like her so much. I put I I, I brought her up a cup. Basically. What? <laughs> this is the real thing. So he like fell in love with the character he wrote. I guess so. And decided to enhance her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that, well, that kind hey, of explains. Hey, 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 can we can we not call it a hands? Just made her different. Sure. Um, <laughs> you added a plus one to cup size. I believe that's an enhancement. <laughs> Anyways, um, but it's, like not, a, it's like a sword, like broadsword plus yeah, one. Plus one. Yeah. Um, it's just an augment, guys. That's all we did. We uh, just gave her an augment. Let's just call it an augment then. Yeah, that, that works better. Um, <laughs> no, actually, it's funny because that kind of explains how you go three games in on a game that could have ended with the first and did not have any kind of like weird. Didn't even have like an ambiguity to the ending of thirteen. It was done. Mm-hmm. And then, then there's suddenly, time travel and goddesses and 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 gods and. And falsy. No, the falsy were pretty prominent, but I they, know. yeah, it's yeah. But then, like they it turn, just, it they went like from the, being like the demi falsies or whatever, and they're or sorry, they went from being falsies, and then they got downgraded in the next game to like these demi falsies, and then they got downgraded even more to these like minor falsies because suddenly there is an all-knowing falsy who is effectively God, and then you be with lightnings like. Like a like a like a prophet or whatever, and then and then hope is. I played it. I don't know still. Hope is like Jesus or something, and he's bringing all the people to the light. To and the ark. 
So the arc. Oh, so he's Noah then. Um, yeah. Okay. But he like kind of oh, occupies. Yeah, he he kind of occupies Noah and Jesus roles or whatever. Either way, it was a really weird game. Um, and obviously, I would never. I snow I didn't notice. Huh? And Snow is pissed at lightning for some reason. Yeah, yeah dude, I'm telling you, so like much of that story is just off. And... Yeah, that's how you don't write sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably don't do it with the the little sister of the main character either. And some Not weird... unless that little sister actually was like a prominent character that could hold her own. Yeah. And she wasn't a character that was in, encapsulated in Crystal the whole freaking game. <laughs> she had no real speaking roles. Yeah. There was like okay, she well, said she had like a flashback. Yeah, scene she had this whatever. flashback speaking role, but she never, she was never an active character in the story. Her only contribution to the story was as a motivator for other characters to do things. So okay, let's get out of Final Fantasy because we probably talk about it too much. No, so, we never <laughs> talk about Final Fantasy too much. So but continue. the Uncharted games. I mean, those are all sequels. Yes, technically. But I do feel like the format for the story mm-hmm. might lend towards sequels because as a treasure hunter, it's, there's always another treasure. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, in a way it's kind of the same story over and over and over again. Right. But good games. Um, same characters, actual sequel. Yeah. So um, something we were talking about. There was a spinoff though with the female character from the fourth one. Yeah, it was, uh, and, and all the story parts and everything, um, I didn't, I haven't beat that one yet, but it's, I mean, that's on point, just like any Naughty Dog game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they kind of did some weird open world part to it. Yeah, I and, heard about that. But there's, there's nothing really to do in between getting to a different location. Yeah. So it's kind of pointless. Again. It's when you say, "Hey, we're about to move to a new console generation," yeah, or they're just testing we're about to finish. Yeah, we're about to finish the series, and we have all these assets adding. left over, and we could do something with these. And so they probably they just did. Yeah. Like I look at actually like the assets from Final Fantasy Thirteen. They use a lot of those in Final Fantasy Fourteen, the online game. You can tell they use the same monsters. This and they may improve the animations and change up the the other things but the bones are effectively the same so it's it's kind of crazy that they would probably think that hey this is probably an easy way to go <laughs> you just use these here mind you final fantasy 14 blends pretty much every final fantasy into it so you know what spinoffs i forgot about that are amazing hmm. is the persona games you mean the dancing games i haven't played those but i've heard those are amazing as well I never played those either. I'm talking about the, I mean, I'm talking about the, I want to play them though. That's that's the funny thing. Um, not because I like I don't really like dance games very much, but like the stories are always you don't get very entertaining. DDR? Huh? You don't get down with DDR? I no, I feel embarrassed doing it. Yeah, we have to break out the break out the mat. <laughs> Do you have the mat? No, not anymore. Okay. I'll buy some. <laughs> but uh, no, the, the like the it's kind of weird. Like, so the fighting game by itself is the persona 4 arena um the fighting game by itself is is a great actual great fighting game but then for the fans they have a story mode and the story mode is just just like well it's just like a persona game it's long as hell really yeah like a story mode where you fight or like is it yeah 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 that's weird yeah but it's but it's it's 
it's just like a it's as I don't know. I mean, it's probably like a makes it like a twenty hour game. Join the story part. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I don't know if I'll ever play it. Even though I am a fan of fighting games, but it's a two D fighting game. Yeah. Not a fan. <sighs> Sorry. Except for it's a, if it's Killer Instinct, then I'll play it. All right. So I don't know what else we're gonna talk about. Let's 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 get to our uh, our mailbag here. Unless you have other things to talk about. Um, prequels. No, we didn't talk about just, prequels. Just this is going to be just a real quick. See, I think a okay, real quick ahead. rant for go me. ahead. Um, prequels. Uh, like I talked about in the Star in the in the Star Wars, uh, podcast. It was actually about. Was that about just villains and we just happened to go to Star Wars, or was it also all? No, Star- that was all Star Wars. Okay, so about the the Star Wars podcast. Um, kind of there are some prequels that don't seem necessary, but somehow whenever they're made then they justify their necessariness. But many prequels, especially in the video game industry, have never justify their their existence. Name and a bad one. All of them. Because <laughs> um, I can't think they, of any bad ones. They typically... Well, <sighs> give me a second. So, we'll be right back prequels. when I... We'll be right back when ah, I think of a gosh. good one. Okay. Okay, so I took a break real quick to gather my thoughts, and it would seem that prequels aren't that bad. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I think I, I'm I'm more or less worried about the same symptoms that plague sequels, and that they're just to cash in on something. But I guess when you think about prequels, most of the time they are to further establish the stories that are that are um, introduced and main games and the prequels because prequels are heavily involved in the story that follows it's harder to badly write a prequel because you already have an established base and then you're just trying to get to that point because that's what it seems like all these prequels are great and somehow I don't know what prequels I had that in my head that were just horrible to me but I was I was I was feeling a certain kind of way about that <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's bad prequels, you know. It's I'm just sure like I was too. talking about with the villain ones, where you know, like, okay, well, let's give this villain more, let's humanize them and make a prequel, you know. Yeah. And then, then you find out that this character's not a good character. He's not really all. bankable as a main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but for the most part, um, it, it's it kind of seems like when you have something good. It's it's typically better to flesh them out, and a prequel is the, a, a better way to do it, maybe yeah. than a sequel mm-hmm. or a spinoff. Well, because when you have a when you, I mean when you have the original game, I mean, you typically have I mean the character has had its character growth, you know. Mm-hmm. So for the other one, you have to come up with even more character growth. But when you do a prequel, yeah. you can actually take the character backwards and bring him up to that point where the game original game started i see what you did with your mic there you went backwards <laughs> forward uh, I, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't i wasn't really trying to yeah, but don't lie <laughs> so yeah well that's it i thought i was gonna have more to talk about on prequels but that's cool it was a short little rant um so uh, i went yeah on to uh tallied up yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like 1500 to the one congratulations <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'll no take those odds. Time. Oh yeah. So sad news. We did not win the Mega Millions billion dollars. Lame. So it's rigged. We still are gonna be using this podcast to make a video game. So you, you, you should definitely support us. Um. So, so get into the mailbag. Uh, one of our one of our Mega listeners. Mail. The what? Bag o mail. Mega mega mail. Bag o mail. Oh, bag o mail. Bag o mail. So, uh, one of our listeners commented that, um, they thought that Umbridge from Harry Potter Five was a better villain than Kefka, because they said that all Kefka did after he destroys, destroys the world is rest on his laurels and jack off. I don't know if he was actually jacking off, <laughs> but I can. I uh, I'm pretty. I know he was probably resting on his laurels, whatever <laughs> laurels are. Um, but then with Umbridge, you know, she's kind of she's she's relevant the whole time. You know, she's kind of a thorn in their ass. Yeah, the thing about it is Umbridge's influence on the story as a whole constantly was relevant. Whereas Kefka, yeah. once he did what he wanted needed, wanted to do, then he was done. And that's kind of part of that, that his layer of insanity. Like, I just wanted to do, do, oh, I'm done. Okay. Well, then (laughs) I actually went back and I looked at the ending. And uh, the first thing he says is, I knew you guys would be back. So, essentially, he's waiting there. He's like, he's like, hell yeah, round two. Let's do this. Bring it. But that kind of lends to his his character because he's this crazy person and doing these things is like fun to him he just so, revels in the in the battle and so like so maybe he was just sitting there jerking off the whole time like thinking about when he gets to fight these people again did he be like mad chafed by them <laughs> then again he's a god so or he has like godlike power so <laughs> who knows hmm let's we, not think too much about it you know it's, it's a good thing that you bring these things up because you know we like when we make a podcast we want to make our audience think you know about Kaska's chafes phallus (laughs) (laughs) so um, I guess you know we'll we'll leave you with that audience you know really really take this week to really contemplate that no more no more no more no more than a week you're right don't don't take any more than a week (laughs) don't take any more than like like milliseconds to think about this Just, (laughs) just erase it from your brain and and, and and call it a day. Just enjoy the just enjoy the other parts of the podcast, and just try to forget that image that is gonna definitely be ingrained, seared in into your soul. I'll be sure to post a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's there. That's kind of gross, and I will not actually post that picture. <laughs> well, we don't have a website to post it to yet, so <sighs> yeah, true. Maybe true. we should work on that. This whole professionalism thing is killing me. Anyways, um, you have anything else you want to talk about today? <sighs> I mean, mostly. That's all. I got nothing. Okay. Um. Okay. I don't know what our but next you podcast you will be like. Sh- oh, that's what I was gonna ask you. You usually like all super prepared and whatnot. You always got like notes and shit, making me look bad because I don't ever take freaking notes. Because I'm like, I'm a bouse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I have stuff for the next podcast, but uh, it's, is there a subject matter? 
There is no t- currently no subject matter. So, so um, next podcast we're gonna be putzing around. Well, you know, I mean, we can we can ask our listening audience. What they? We have we have three now. Ooh. I don't think the third one's listened to it yet, though. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the other one has only listened to the first episode and was like, "Jeez, why is this so long?" But I noticed that the first one. That's what she said. <laughs> I noticed the first podcast is just the first and second one blended together. They're in the same folder. Shouldn't be. Oh, well, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm glad this is part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> and we didn't even call this. We didn't call it an episode, did we? No, called it the others. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, whatever. We're good. Well, I've got to step out of the studio. My time is up. This has been it for the Smooth Jazz Podcast. My name is Will. My co-host, David, here. Wait, does is this, not have is a sexy this, Is this really what we should name our podcast? Is Smooth Jazz? Hell no. But I just like calling it Smooth Jazz Podcast. Because <laughs> when I put this voice on, I just imagine some, some Boney James or some Kenny G in the background. Some Najee. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah. Smooth sounds of I only know who Kenny G is because of uh, Mike Birbiglia, the comedian. Really? Anyways, that's all the podcast. Wow! Peace out.